What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. So when last we left you, uh, I was debating ferociously between picking up Outriders, Disco Elysium, and or Curse of the Dead Gods, which I've had my eye on for a little while. And I thought about it long and hard, and ultimately, I came to my decision and that was to re-download Ratchet & Clank after it got its 60 frame per second patch <laughs> for PS5 <laughs> and finish and finish playing that, uh, which is the game that I've been playing for the last week. Uh, that's funny. You got me. I for sure thought you were going to pick uh, uh, Curse of the Dead Gods. No, if, I, if anything, I was leaning towards Outriders. Um but I'm I'm scared to play Outriders because I'm I'm just scared of the of the commitment and and event and Avengers uh, Ratchet and Clank is like just comfort food like it's gaming comfort food it's it's an immaculately well designed game it feels good looks amazing at 4K 60 uh, like that like that's the type of game that you know. It really shows it off, especially because a lot of the action is very uh, feverish at times in Ratchet and Clank, where there's a lot of enemies on the screen and things yeah. of that nature. And just a really good game. I never finished it on PS4 when I when it uh, came out many moons ago. Um, and so I'd like to do that, even though the new one is coming out in just like two months. Uh, but I but I like those games. Like I said, they're fun to play, uh, and. Uh, they're, and, and like I said, they're funny, too, which is important because that's what keeps you there. Because the action can get a little repetitive occasionally yeah, in those It's games. one of those series. It's one of the rare series that uh, tries to be funny and is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of games that try to be funny, they try a little too hard or it's just like the lowest of lowbrow humor. And like I don't mind lowbrow humor, but, you know it's Duke Nukem, mm-hmm. right? Like it's conquers bad fur day, right? Like that stuff is a little stuff is a little more low brow than I think it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a tall, it was a singing pile of shit in conquers fur day. Like that's uh, all right. All right. Um, but yeah, it's actually funny. So I, f- I forgot that the new one is coming out so soon. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna have to get ready for that. It's gonna be fun. So, but but you apparently have played Outriders because you know it's free. Why wouldn't? Yeah, you? yeah. It's uh, it's it's free. Um, it's it's okay. Um, I I would probably hold off a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a. I feel a lot of Gears of War judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Gears of War Judgment felt like Gears of War, but a little more loose, a little more fluid. Um, it's like someone uh, injected power steering fluid into the controls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and it's a cover shooter, but it, it, it's it's weird because as you described last week, once you get your powers, your powers are the thing that really is your primary source of healing. Yeah, I've, and, I've I've heard it said that the mistake is made that players rely on cover in Outriders, where really really the covers for your enemies to to yeah. stop and pop behind, and <laughs> yeah, you want to get and you want to get in their faces. So 
Yeah, that's the that's the perfect way to that's the perfect perfect way to describe it because you don't and and it's weird, right? Because I'm I'm having to I'm having to unlearn what I've learned from playing these, you know, cover shooters. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not bad. I don't know if I would I don't know if I would uh, uh commit to it. Mm-hmm. Um I ended up picking um the uh the rogue class uh the trickster Mm -hmm. i I saw all of the abilities and those abilities looked like the ones that i would like to play and um it is a story i I don't care about the story i heard Um, i heard it gets better as as the game goes on i mean i i guess i hope Uh, there's something about these characters and that i just don't really care for uh, they're trying though, mm-hmm. you know, like there are, there are a couple of like personalities there, but it, it's weird because it, it has its own design. It has its own style, but it, that style feels generic to me. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like any sci-fi post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, these, the, the way these characters look. Um, but the game, it, it, it plays great. Um, the, the, uh, uh, shooting feels good. It's nice and fluid. You don't use all this cover as a matter of fact, like, like the, the trickster has an ability that's specifically designed for you to not use the cover. Mm-hmm. Like if your enemy is in cover, press a button, you teleport to the, you teleport to right behind them. So if let's say you're in cover and you're reloading or whatever, uh, you see an enemy pop his head up, you hit the button, you teleport behind them, and then bam, you can shoot them right in the back because they take a minute to turn around to, 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 um, uh, uh, try to attack you. And you can carry up to three of these, um, uh, abilities at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I chose the trickster because th- they have a lot of, uh, time manipulation abilities. You can slow people down. Uh, which is cool. You can create like a bubble, like a force field, like a Titan bubble, mm-hmm. but everyone in it is slowed down except for you. Uh, so the powers are cool. It's fun to play. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I will commit to it. They have this thing where it's um, uh, a, a world tier system. And it's kind of like the, um, the levels of torment in mm-hmm. Diablo. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. Um, and as while you're playing, you unlock these, uh, different world tiers automatically, and then they serve as your difficulty and you can change it at any time. Um, but you know, if you change it, you get, if you, if you lower it, you get less loot. If you up it, you get more loot. Uh, so the game can be soloed if you play it on lower world tiers, but if you really want loot, you gotta, you gotta, uh, uh, team up with people. Uh, they had crossplay with PC for like a day. Yeah, it's not working real good apparently. Like crossplay between PlayStation and Xbox is working fine, but the they're having some issues with the PC side of it, yeah. so they took that down for now. Yeah, they give you a big old warning too. They're like, "Hey, nah, this doesn't work." And if for some reason you try to get it to work, like mm-hmm. it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Um, I haven't played with anyone else yet. Yeah, um, see that that's what I was most curious about because. So so one of the things that Destiny does immaculately is putting you in with randos and that being fine. 
because Destiny's missions, especially the ones that you're forced to play cooperatively, like the strikes and things of that nature. Um, I guess you know. I guess you could go in solo if you really wanted to, but you know, if, if you're if you're you know settings are open, um, they're very singularly focused. They're designed in such a way to promote a team objective. Um, it's not the end of the world if somebody is you know playing for themselves in that content, and that's why you yeah. can't do the raids with. Right. With random folks, because that's a very different thing. And so that that was one of my concerns with this game, is that it does seem like a game that does shine when you're grouped up with other folks. Um, and I didn't know how important that was to the experience. Like, would you want to play story missions with other players as you go through um, the campaign? Only, only players that uh, I know would, wouldn't just like... You know how in Destiny, like if you load in slowly, mm-hmm. uh, someone's loaded in quickly. Yeah, they just leave like you behind. So. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I feel like this could be fun with people to, to play with, you know, with like-minded individuals, mm-hmm. um, especially given the different types of powers. Like I would love to see how uh, a, a group of outriders uh, work together as they're zipping and zapping all over the as one character is zipping across the arena the other one is is just soaking up damage running head first into people uh another is setting turrets up everywhere and the other one is setting people on fire so i i would um it seems like it would be a blast mm-hmm. um but i i've had like connection issues where i couldn't uh log in with other people so uh, you know, I'll try it. Uh, I'll try it later, I guess. But this isn't something that th- this is. This is an okay game to play, mm-hmm. but it's the perfect Game Pass game. Yeah. Me. So I guess that's a good question for you, since you didn't have to pay for this game. Mm-hmm. We can we can play this game. This will be a new Dense Pixels uh, feature. What is your ideal price to pay for Outriders? For Outriders, yeah, I would. Uh, I feel like this. Well, it's probably not going to go on sale because it's not like a Ubisoft game, right? So it's not going to go on sale. No, Square, Square, Square's not quick on the trigger when it comes to the, <laughs> yeah. deep, the deep discounts. They're not EA or Ubisoft, so right. But um, you know, I, I, I would. I mean, the we don't do like fifty dollars games anymore. It's mm-hmm. like seventy, sixty, forty. Um. I would pay 40 to 50 bucks for this game and okay. probably get, you know, everything that I need out of it. Um like I said, it's it's a fine game and if you if you have the if you have the time, like if you're willing to commit, mm-hmm. you're going to find some fun stuff uh in this game. Yeah. I don't mind the time commitment as long as it's easy to come back to. Like that that's the biggest trick sometimes with games like these that when you step away it's hard to jump back in. Again, something else that Destiny does really well is that it's actually quite easy to jump back into Destiny without feeling like you're wading in a forest. And there's other games that have not been that way for me. Um, because, again, I, I know with Outriders, you know, with my limited time as it is, like I have a hard stop of May 17th that I'm not going to be playing Outriders. And my gaming time is going to be dominated for – Probably the next two months or more <laughs> with 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 Mass Effect. So um, they just put out the article today detailing the specific ways that they've uh, tuned the game and changed it. I don't know if you got a chance to see that, but uh, it's on the PlayStation blog if you uh, if you wanted to check that out. 
well worth your time. Like I said, really, really digs down into the specifics of what was tuned. And I think, Mike, as a Mass Effect One uh, purist, I you will be wait. you will be happy with the restraint practiced uh, with the changes made to the to the core gameplay of Mass Effect. I 1. can't wait. I'm not even asking for a lot from Mass Effect One. I I no. just uh, I want I want inventory management to be better. And how how and, how would you like to be able to sort? Items, Micah, and be able to mark things as junk to be able to mass mass consume them or sell them off to people. I mean, that's all I really. How would do. how would you like to be able to buy uh, ammo mods from vendors instead of just uh, finding them in in the in the world? Uh, you're speaking. Look, you're, 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 you're singing sweet nothings into my ear. How bro. how would you I, like how would you like faster cooldowns on your on your weapons when you overheat them? Oh, I can't wait, ones. man! So, I can't wait to replay. In, independent uh, command of your squad mates. A la uh, two and three. So, <laughs> people, please don't sleep on Mass Effect yeah. One. Please don't. A, ma- like, a I, make a Mako that doesn't drive like it's made out of styrofoam. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and just a Mako that's this, this big, <laughs> this big five ton truck that 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 plays like it's on a moon bounce. Yeah. Like. Uh, oh, no, and no, and no, and no more uh, class specific weapons. Only class specific weapon upgrades. That's what I like yes. because I, you know, I, I don't, I, I like infiltrator, but I don't want to keep using sniper rifles all the time. If right. I don't necessarily, you know, if the situation doesn't call for it. Yeah. You, you like, you'll be able to use an assault rifle, but you just, you won't be able to upgrade it the same way that a soldier would be able to. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, definitely check that out. If you guys have been wondering what the specific uh, changes they're going to be making to the series are, most of the changes are in one. Um, for obvious reasons, two and three have a little bit less uh, going on there. Uh, new releases this week. Uh, Lost Words Beyond the Page comes out for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Uh, Oddworld Soulstorm comes to PC and PlayStation. And again, this is a free game for PlayStation Plus for PS5 this month. Uh, Star Wars Republic Commando comes to PlayStation and Switch. Quintera comes to PC. Before Your Eyes comes to PC. The Borderlands 3 Director's Cut DLC, I don't know what that entails, comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox. Uh, Scarlet Hood in the Wicked Wood comes to PC. Uh, What the Dub comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Say No More comes to PC and Switch. Yes, that inflection was grammatically correct. (laughs) And uh, Trials of Fire comes to PC. Uh, Trials of Fire, I've heard good things about, by the way. It is a combination, uh, someone described it as... A combination of a of Slay the Spire and XCOM, which is a very intriguing uh, duo in my eyes. Of course, it's only coming out on Windows, so I won't be able to tell you for quite some time, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, go to densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, when you go to densepixels.com slash fans, you will see uh, an invite to the Dense Pixels Discord. On the Dense Pixels Discord, you can look at a variety of um, pound signs, <laughs> hashtags, <laughs> um, channels, you know, just channels. channels. There yes. you go. Just general stuff. Uh, people post gaming news. Uh, our post office is uh, there for all eternity, so you don't have to worry about getting a separate post office link. Um Clips, highlights, episode discussions. If you stream, you can pimp your stream uh, in the stream channel. 
uh, uh, if you're looking for uh, uh, people to play with, we got a channel there. You know, we tend to talk a little bit of wrestling on this uh, on this podcast. WrestleMania is this weekend. It sure in is. Fact. And uh, you know, we'll probably be in there uh, having a good time on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's a good time if uh, if if old man Micah can can get used to it. Anybody can get used to it. Uh, so go to densepixels.com slash fans to go to our Discord. Uh, once you've done that, go to youtube.com slash densepixels and subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe to us and see our, our, our lovely faces. Uh, as as uh, as and you can watch the show if uh, if you don't want to just listen to it. Uh, and who wouldn't want to look at us, <laughs> two handsome devils? Uh, go to uh, anywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe to all of our shows, including the Nerd Apocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. We just did a Black on Black Cinema for. Um, uh, one night in Miami, uh, the directorial debut of Regina King, uh, which was very good. Uh, even though we started at like nine forty-five, because <laughs> Jay is black and runs on black people time. Um, I feel, I feel, to- I feel this, uh, I feel this sentiment in my bones <laughs> as we've recorded. Look forward at ten o'clock Eastern time. Started recording it last week, so. So go to uh, densepixels.com slash premium. And for $5 a month or $50 a year, you get access to the premium slate of shows, including the airing of grievances, No Time to Bleed, which uh, is being uh, scheduled. We, we have the movie, and uh, there are quite a few of us that want to be on the next movie, so we, we're, we're working out scheduling. The Man with the Golden Tongue is upstage conversations and the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. So... Uh, you can listen to Jay, uh, sometimes Andy, and sometimes Brad, as they pontificate about politics um, in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Micah, hot news. Hot news from Los Angeles, California. The tales of E3's death have been greatly exaggerated. Apparently, E3 is back this year, reimagined. As an all-virtual event that's going to take place between June 12th and to the 15th, and it's going to feature content from such luminaries as Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami. Konami still makes games. What? Ubisoft, <laughs> Take Two Interactive. They're going to probably show like a pachinko machine that they can, uh, that they can show up there. Uh, Warner Brothers Games and Cook Media, according to the ESA. Uh, so this is going to be interesting. I mean, we all, you know, kind of figured that E3 was going to have to move to a format like this at some point to to remain relevant, especially considering that uh to to borrow some wrestling parlance, uh most companies are going into business for themselves uh when it comes to presenting uh you know, upcoming previews and things of that nature uh through online streams and stuff like that. Um of course we had Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest. Jeff Keighley's bringing the Summer Game Fest back this year that was kind of like the E3 of yesteryear in many ways or of, of last year in many ways. So I think uh, we need to start calling it the Summer Games Slam uh, <laughs> instead of the Summer Games Fest. Uh just Game Fest, one game is presented and that's it. <laughs> it is a festival. Um 
I don't know what I want from this though. Like I, I don't I don't know if I want this to just be like E three like normal, but just broadcast on the internet, which I guess was what E3 was before, but it also just had people in the arena. Or if I want them to really leverage the digital platform to deliver something unique. So I, um, you know, DC Comics and uh, Warner Media, they did this thing um, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was DC Fan Fest or whatever, right? Yeah, the DC Fandome. Oh, that's it? right. It's a dome. It's <laughs> fandom, and then it's a dome. Fandome. Uh, terrible portmanteau aside, I think it was a very, very good idea. They had, uh, it was basically, um, if you were to go to like Hall H mm-hmm. at San Diego Comic-Con and just sit there all day, you would see panels, you would see uh, trailers, you would see, you know, miscellaneous stuff. It would just be that all day. That's exactly what this was. Uh, they had schedules that you can print out. You can log into their YouTube, the, to their website or to their YouTube channel uh, at the time that you wanted. Um, and there would be a live panel. You know, the first one would be a live panel. And then they would repeat it, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the day. It's a, it was a really good setup. And I'd be shocked if more people don't just steal that idea. Yeah. Um, I would love to see E3 do something like this. Um, not just be, you know, you can still have your your press events. You know, they can be like the big things, but nothing that would overlap with anything else. Mm. You know what I mean? So you don't have to pick and choose what you need to do. I find it interesting that Nintendo is on this list. Uh, Nintendo, of course, had skipped out on E3 for the past several years. Um this would suggest to me that they have something significant to show, which could be the next iteration of the Nintendo Switch, uh, whatever that is, instead of just doing a Nintendo Direct. Um, and who's to say they won't also do a Nintendo Direct? I mean, they certainly could. That's what they yeah, that's what they have been doing around E3 time for right. the past they several years. They've just been, you know. They'll do their thing, and then they're like, hey, so let's elaborate on what we discussed. <laughs> and then now that all those those normal people got, you know, they know, but like you're our, you're our fans. Yeah, this is what we're going to tell you about this. So, um, but listen, I'm happy about this. Uh, the summer filled with games was a lot of fun last year. It spread it out over the you know the course of the summer. I'm not upset to have this you know concentrated bulk of E3. Uh, we're old heads. We grew up with E3, uh, so we you know we're we're still quite fond of that style of event. Um, yeah, as much as uh, as much as you may hear me say, oh, you know, E3, uh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the year. Uh, oh, I'm not going to watch it. I always watch it. I always watch mm-hmm. it. So uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, the, the, the little bit of schadenfreude in me is like, I wonder <laughs> what kind of disaster this is going to be. But I'm not hoping for it. Uh, I want this to be cool, man. And uh, I'm really like no bullshit. I'm really curious to see what Konami has to say. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not. Uh, I would not get my hopes up uh, for anything like that. <laughs> for for anything from them, trust me. Um. So Counter Strike Go or Global Offensive or CSGO to be more colloquially correct, um, has had some scandals around match fixing. For the past, you know, couple of years, um, 
So interestingly enough, the commissioner of the Esports Integrity Commission uh, said that that organization is working alongside the FBI on an ongoing investigation into a, quote, small but significant group of players over a long period of time organizing match fixing in the North American uh, CSGO League. Uh, the fact that they're dealing with match fixing is not surprising that the FBI is getting involved. Uh, the FBI has long been involved in the U.S. in investigating uh, illegal gambling and things of that nature. Uh, anytime where there's major money potentially on the line uh, in in, a, in an event that could be you know manipulated to go a certain way, uh, the FBI is sure to be involved if if they suspect any uh, no good nicks. Just like I said, not 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 every day that you get a story that's like, hey, the FBI is investigating uh, this video game thing for stuff that's going on. Yeah, this is weird, man. This is um, not weird, but like it's a brave new world that we live in now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this is video games are sport now. Like it is like it is official uh, because we're we're fixing these games. <laughs> We're fixing matches. I mean, look, mat- match fixing is fucking <laughs> is fucking serious. I mean, like, and if you go in baseball, still one of the to this day, even though it happened a century ago, the most infamous uh, scandal in baseball history was the was the throwing of the nineteen nineteen World Series uh, by eight Chicago White Sox players, uh, and, and to 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 get some money on the side there, and all eight of those guys are still uh, banned from baseball. As in, like, they can't be inducted into the Hall of Fame or anything like that. Uh, so it's, it, you know, they take this stuff pretty seriously. Uh, you know, Pete Rose, uh, if we look into other sports like the NBA, uh, was, it Tim, was it Tim Donahue or Donahue or whatever his name was, the referee that was uh, accused of oh, yeah. potentially match yeah. fixing about 20 years ago? Um, so, yeah, sports, sports leagues do definitely take that shit seriously. And, uh, and you know they're not gonna they're not gonna take a line down, and I would expect that to translate into esports as well as it gains popularity. So that's wild, man. Yeah, that's wild. Let's hope that uh, uh, the video game sports scene doesn't get anywhere near as corrupt as baseball. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I wonder what the video game version of the Last Boy Scout would look like. Last Boy Scout's a movie that that's rife with a. Uh, <laughs> like sports gambling, <laughs> things of that nature. <laughs> it's a hidden gem from the early '90s, kids. If you like your action movies corny, uh, but you know, with a very early '90s flair to them, definitely check out The Last Boy Scout, starring Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Finally, in the news. Um, if there's a chance to throw shade uh, at Marvel's Avengers. Uh, then I'm going to definitely do it because it's always fun. Micah talked about some of the launch issues that uh, Outriders had uh, when it came out last week, including uh, their servers just getting ransacked and having people having even trouble locking in on launch day, uh, which was a which was a big thing. However, despite these issues, uh, Outriders did hit over 125,000 concurrent players on Steam at their peak. Over launch weekend. Uh, to put that in context, the highest peak concurrent player count on Steam for Marvel Avengers is 28,145 players, less than a third of what Outriders, a game 
from a less prolific studio with a much less prolific uh, license <laughs> than Marvel's Avengers uh, was able to pull off. And, Mar- and Marvel's Avengers, by all accounts, from a performance standpoint, launched decently when it came out compared to Outriders. Sure, it did. Yeah. Uh, it very much did. Uh, well, in the sense that in the sense that you could play that game without having to like play with other people, like you still couldn't really play with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't so, it wasn't like tied. It wasn't tied to the, the gimmick of, of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could solo that game. Like you have AI teammates right you know what i mean so you don't really miss it like i played with people and didn't even realize it until i saw them acting erratically and um so it had its issues but it again i i can't but i can't the avengers thing is always going to be baffling to me yeah it's it that by the way avengers now free on well not free but it's part it's part of playstation now uh starting today as well mm-hmm. for a couple of months so they're really really trying to get folks on there um, is, is it, so using, using the, the law of transitive properties, Micah, am I to believe now that if outriders were to somehow get themselves greenlit as a movie, that the outriders movie would gross like $3 billion in theaters? Yeah, yeah of okay. course. Of course. Uh, you could take, uh, all four of those Avengers movies, add up their gross <laughs> and then triple it. And then that will be, uh, uh, the outriders, uh, opening day, uh, numbers, opening weekend figures, uh, because that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, good for outriders. Um, I think it's, uh, I think Outriders came it was released at the perfect time for it to be released. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Yeah, let 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 it let it be said Avengers did come out like smack dab in the middle of the beginning of, you know, release season in, yeah. in many ways. So Yeah, and it was it had a it had a um nobody knew what it was and people were like, "Ah, I I, I mean, I like the Hulk and all, but I like what else do you do, right? Like, and they weren't well. You you play as the Avengers, and that's pretty much the only thing that they said. Well, and not not to mention the fact, and not enough people I think are talking about this point of it as well. Outriders put out a very robust demo in advance of the game coming out, so like there was no ambiguity about what is the game right. that we're going to get. Outriders is like, look, like. You can play this game. It is the literal beginning of the game. You can choose a class. Uh, you can play through a few missions. You can do some of the, you know, side mission content, and you can farm this demo if you want to. And you can even get some legendary weapons. And you can carry all of this progress into the main game with you. I, you know, obviously, like your level was capped out, and I think your, the world tier was also capped out as well, as far as how far you could ascend, and it wasn't very high. Um, but they basically, and not only that, but they're like, Hey, and also, by the way, if you, you know, when you're done running through with this class, if you want to skip the prelude and jump right into another game with, with the new class, then, you know, you can go right ahead. And they really let people, you know, go to town with the game system. And so people are like, this is cool. Like I could see paying, 
you know, 50 or $60 for this and, you know, let's get it rocking and rolling. Whereas Avengers, like you said, was, was shrouded in mystery when that game first released, as far as how the game played, what it was, was it destiny? Was it something else? Like how did all the different Avengers play? Nobody knew anything. And, you know, people were a little bit more hesitant, I think, because of the, because of that. And I, and I think, I don't know if the Outriders model works for every game to have such a robust uh, offering in advance of the game releasing. But if you're a new IP, um, why wouldn't you follow this model, assuming that you believe in your game? Like, obviously, if yeah, your game sucks, say, you gotta... <laughs> yeah, they they had, you know, they, they, they were very proud of what they made. Yeah. Uh, and they should. It's not a bad game. Uh, it's not a bad game at all. It's just, uh, it's a little rough around the edges, but it's got good bones. Yeah. And, uh, meanwhile, uh, square, uh, a, a, a legendary, uh, publisher with a very good developer holding the most popular IP in the world. Uh, this is what they turned out. Isn't that funny? So, I didn't. I didn't realize that. But it, it just occurred to me now uh, that this game was. Uh, both games were published by Square. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny. So I, I guess Yo, Square's. What? I guess Square's pretty happy to uh, have made up some ground. Then I guess on what they expected to get out of Avengers. Yo, what happened? <laughs> what happened, man? God. <laughs> I would I would imagine that Outriders had maybe a little bit less uh hands-onness. Yeah. From a studio yeah. standpoint. You know, or either that or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't explain why Crystal Dynamics, who's a studio that has put out excellent games, uh put out Avengers in the state that it's in. <laughs> so Yeah, you don't really see any publisher influence in Outriders, at least not yet. You know, that game is ripe for like microtransactions and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and, you know, loot boxes and stuff, but it's not there yet. So we'll, uh, we'll see. I guess they, I guess Square was like, well, we don't know if, we don't know if we're going to invest all this, all these resources into making this a money pit. Well, look, if, I mean, uh, people don't play it. You can also look at recent history to show an example of why you shouldn't do that. Uh, Anthem. Was designed yeah. to be a money pit, and look what happened <laughs> there. So, uh, speaking of money pits, Amazon, <laughs> uh, go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. When you do, uh, you uh, can order whatever you want from Amazon and not pay anything extra, but you'll be helping out the show. Um, what did uh, my wife apparently recently viewed uh, a a shirt and a, a spring notion boys four piece suspender outfit uh, for our son for uh, my sister's wedding uh, that he is going to be in. So you can get yourself uh, little little baby clothes from Amazon. <laughs> Of little baby clothes, you you only can. do it. The, these little baby clothes are only available through slash <laughs> Amazon. If you just go to Amazon.com, you want you'll 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 end up on some site about the rainforest. It's true. No, you want you want the 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 big shopping site, and that's only available 
at www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. So the big story this week was something that came like a bolt out of the blue in my eyes. And it was legitimately shocking to me that this is a thing. So we knew, because we've been talking about it for about a year, uh, that MLB The Show 21 is going to be a cross-platform release. That was announced last year. Uh, it was apparently mandated by Major League Baseball that this had to be the way. Otherwise, Sony could not maintain the uh, MLB license. Uh, so we knew it was coming out on Xbox consoles. What we did not know until last week is that it is going to be available day one as an Xbox Game Pass title. What? Which is insane to me that that is a thing that Sony would allow to happen. I'm not even saying that Sony wanted it to happen. I'm just, I can't believe that they didn't somehow negotiate this into the contract that like, if anyone's going to have it on our streaming, on a subscription service, it's going to be us. To, to be yeah. clear, it is not available on PlayStation now on launch day. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want to play it on a PlayStation, you have to pay on PS5 specifically $69.99. But if you want to play it on an Xbox Series X, presumably if you have a Series X, you probably have Game Pass. You can just play it as part of your Game Pass Ultimate subscription. I mean, look, I'll give it a shot. I haven't played a baseball <laughs> game. I haven't played like a real baseball game. Like Ken Griffey Jr. Don't, doesn't count to me. Uh -huh. That was just like a home run. Dude. I haven't played a real baseball game since... Like the 80s, I feel like. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll fire it up. Who cares? Uh, it, I mean, uh, wow. And this is like the baseball game. Yeah. Like this is, this is the one, right? Like, wow. The Neo baseball game. So, so check this out. So if, if you're a Game Pass subscriber for free, well, not again, not for free. It's part of your subscription. I keep saying for free. What I mean is included in your Game Pass subscription. You can play the most recent NBA 2K, the most recent Madden, the most recent FIFA, the most recent NHL, and now the most recent baseball game. As for as part of something you're probably paying for anyway on this Xbox. Is, boy, this is I mean, this is they Microsoft knows their audience, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you you get these uh you get these these uh the weebs play the PlayStation, mm. and 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 the the good old boys apparently play the Xbox. That's all they want to do is play sports games. I I have, so here's what's gonna be funny. I'm still predicting that it technically there, there's technically more units downloaded on PlayStation than there is on Xbox, regardless I mean, of this. I mean, like, yeah, like because there's something about the branding of like yeah. that game belonging on a PlayStation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just. It, it it makes sense. But for people like me that would never touch a baseball game, uh yeah, why, why not? Who cares? I am I am dying to know uh what if any involvement Sony had with this arrangement and the dollar sign that was attached to it and who that dollar sign is going to. Because apparently, according to the the the, the news out there, the Xbox version of MLB the show 21 is being published by major league baseball. It's not being published by, uh, by PlayStation studios. 
which again, it's it's weird how this is all working out. Like like if you're Sony, right, and MLB's like, yeah, you got to put this on Xbox. I would do everything that I can to make sure that you're you you are being hit in the face with a PlayStation <laughs> logo at any point possible. Like I'm having the PlayStation I'm having that Marvel-esque uh, PlayStation Studios like splash thing that they have in front of their <laughs> games now. I'm I'm putting PlayStation logos in every fucking ballpark in that game that you can look at. That, that j- and make sure you put it in center field too, so that you can see that shit every time you got a guy up at the plate. I'm I'm putting I'm advertising PlayStation products all over this fucking thing. Yeah, if I'm if I'm being forced <laughs> to put it out on on the Xbox platform, so I don't understand how they are not listed as the publisher of the game. And I don't understand how, again, they had no say in MLB. Like, yeah, sure. You can put it on your, on, on game pass. No problem. Like I can't, I can't, I, I, I would love to see the reaction inside of Sony worldwide studios when they found out that this was happening. This is wild, man. It's amazing. In, in the, in the span of a year, MLB 21, or the MLB The Show series went from non-existent on Xbox consoles to Xbox is probably the place to play it. <laughs> Which is insane to me. Again, when, when, when again, the game is still being developed by a Sony-owned studio. I mean, this is, uh, this is the world that gamers say they want, right? It is. It is. Um, what is, uh, what is, do you see any drawbacks to this? Like, do you see any... Uh, uh, like, is this just all good? Like, I'm like, I'm so my, my brain from, is, from a, from a consumer standpoint, just from, from a consumer stand. Yeah. From a consumer. Standpoint, oh, no. For, I, from, for consumers, it's excellent. I mean, I mean, for consumers, right. there's no, there's no downside to this at all. Like if you, if you want to, like, if for some reason you are the biggest baseball fan, you know, video game fan living, but you are also like a hardcore Xbox fan and you've only had a PlayStation Pretty much just to play MLB the show. Like, that's cool that you don't have to buy a PlayStation just to play this one game that you really care about. Now, how big is that slice of folks? Probably not that big, I would imagine. Um, but no, it's 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 good for gamers. Uh, I, I don't know if there's cross-platform play. I would assume that there should be. I think, I think that's the utopia that, that, that yeah. console gamers want, right? Like, cross-platform play for every game. Yeah. But, I mean, this is like... This is this is unprecedented. Well, and and really, like in the grand scheme of things, this is probably going to be the most successful MLB the show in many years. <laughs> Seriously, it is because not only is it available on the other platform, but it's also available essentially for free on the other platform. And MLB the show is absolutely a game that has all sorts of microtransactions that if you if you wander into certain <laughs> modes that you can that you can partake in. And I would have to imagine that Sony is getting at least a cut of those microtransactions. So despite <laughs> the fact that this is like a a a PR black eye of sorts, like it's not even really a PR black eye. It just like it it just it just looks yeah, like can... Microsoft is, is 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 you know showing their ass a little bit. When it, yeah, when it, I mean, getting it, this deal, can, it's all it's all about how you spin it, right? Right. Like, oh, Microsoft. Oh, I mean, look, everybody wants to play on play on Xbox, right? And then PlayStation is like, yeah, we're doing those guys a favor. 
Yeah. Look at us. We're so benevolent. But then, like, everybody's Play, PlayStation still getting no paid. Risk. PlayStation's right. still getting paid. So it's, it's at the end these of the day, I think they're... See, th- this is why the console wars don't make sense, guys. <laughs> they don't care. It's all gravy, right? Like, like this is why pe- people are like, well, I'm a Marvel guy. I'm a DC guy. Those companies don't give a damn. <laughs> they don't. They want people to buy. They want people to buy stuff. Can if you I buy stuff? You're more likely to buy the other stuff just to try it out. Let me tell you something though. I so I obviously do not own an Xbox, um, and nor <laughs> nor do I really care that much about the show. Like I haven't played MLB the show in eight years, um, and and I care about Outriders, but I don't care enough about Outriders to be like, well, I'm going to buy this game console just to play this game play, for just free, to play, just to play Outriders. Um, but I've I've never been more interested in Game Pass than I than I have been in the past like two weeks. It's it's, it's <laughs> wild, man. Like it's actually it's like it's act like the the promise is being fulfilled. Yeah, and uh, it's wild. It's wild to me this 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 world that we live in now. Well, like, like I said, not, it's 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 one thing when you're getting Microsoft Studios games on there. Like that's 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 one thing. But when you're getting like major third party releases, and you had now two in the past. I mean, MLB's not out yet, but you know, two in the span of a month. Not not to mention. A lot of other companies, like, you know, we talked about the new Drinkbox game, uh, Nobody Saves the World. That's coming out on Xbox and PC exclusively when it launches. And it's, I would bet dollars to donuts that it's going to be available on Game Pass on day one. Like, like I guarantee that's going to be the case. And it'll be available on PlayStation 5 eventually and probably on Switch eventually. But I don't know when that's going to be. And their games are always really good. And I want to play them. Do I buy a Series S? Just for the sake of having uh, access to Microsoft's uh, walled garden and pay fifteen dollars a month to to mess around with Game Pass, probably not. I don't think that's a really good investment anyway. Yeah, with with the limited good. amount of time that I had to play games, but I <laughs> thought about it, Micah. That's that's the important <laughs> thing to know is is the thought has entered my mind uh, for the first time Look, ever. That's all they need. That is that's all, all they, they need. need. <laughs> the, door, the doors open a crack. Then now now it's their job to to kick it in. <laughs> they're like oh we got bethesda and i'm like i don't care about any bethesda games you know this you know this <laughs> so we go to the post office uh rev asks a great question what is the greatest non-title wrestlemania match of all time now this is tricky because great is relative are you talking about great from the standpoint of spectacle or are you talking about great in terms of match quality? And I guess you can interpret it however you want to. Um, there is only one answer to this question, though, in all honesty. Uh, it is Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. The first one. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first, first one. Um yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I mean, <laughs> I mean, there there are not many other contenders. That are e- that even come close to approaching. That a non-title was Bret Hart, Stone Cold. Uh, uh, that that's on the list. I think that that's going to be in your top five. That was a non-title match for sure. Yeah, that, that, those are the those are the two that pop into my yeah, head the, because the, they they like they, it was like a double turn, right? Like, yeah. like 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 it was, and then that's that that image of Austin screaming with blood dripping down his face while he's in the shot. Yeah, man, like like. Those are the first two that come to mind. Yeah, it's probably in the top three now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> if you want a couple more honorable mentions, um, Brett versus Owen at WrestleMania 10 uh, definitely deserves to be on that list in my Smackdown estimation. Really good, man. 
They're really good. Um, like trying to think, 17, 19, 10. Those are those are really good. If you if you want the spectacle pick, um, Rock versus Hogan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but uh, because because the crowd just kind of the the crowd just kind of not went into business for themselves. But yeah, they let it be. They they, they enhance they enhance that match uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. <laughs> here's another under the radar uh, undercard pick for you: uh, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 19. An excellent yeah, wrestling love, match. That's that's yeah. WrestleMania 19 is really good, man. Uh, and, 19, and, 19. and 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 a one a one for me. Uh, the Edge Mick Foley uh, hardcore match from WrestleMania 22. Was that um, the flaming oh table? Oh my god! Yeah, that, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the flaming table spot. Apparently, WWE is doing like a deep dive on that match on the on Peacock at some point, uh, where they're like, oh yeah, yeah, doing an interview I, with those I two have guys. Peacock. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um. So yeah. So there, there's a couple of good picks for you uh, in terms of in terms of those. Um, I mean, you can you can throw Brock Lesnar, Undertaker again from a spectacle standpoint. The match was not a good technical match, but it, it certainly was a fucking happening. Uh, to to quote Gorilla Monsoon, uh, as he would say, um, those those are probably those are probably the up there ones that I can yeah. think of off the top of my head. So, yeah. uh, Cam says, well, 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 Brad and I are once again fighting this time, but at WrestleMania, uh, who is going to win? And why is it the viewers as long as Logan Paul uh, takes a stunner? Um, I really did not need them to give known internet jackass Logan Paul a platform uh, with this with this feud. I'm ha- it's it's cool to me that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are wrestling each other at WrestleMania. Like that's that's nifty. Yeah. Um, there's just the fact that it's happening. Um, that being said. I can see Logan Paul taking the stunner uh, with a Shane McMahon level of exuberance uh, if that's something that they decide to do. So if that happens, that'll be fun. Uh, but again, I don't need Logan Paul anywhere near any any screen that I'm viewing. So yeah, I you know I get that. Um... Uh, the WWE has always been like clout chasers. Mm-hmm. Like they always, especially around WrestleMania, they always want to get celebrities because it, you know, validates their existence or whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, you gotta, you, there's a lot of wrestling fans out there who are celebrities. You, you gotta raise the, you gotta raise the, the quality of celebrity at yeah. this point. I, I understand that Bad Bunny is a, a a a a super famous guy because they keep telling me that he's a super famous guy, but um to like to be Logan Paul. So to be fair, and I and I'm I'm, I'm going to be very very fair here. You and I are a little out of touch with the yeah. demographic that Logan Paul and Bad Bunny appeal to. Like I don't know anything about popular music anymore. I've I've <laughs> I reached that age about five years ago. Uh, where where I got off the pop music train and was like, nope, my stop is here, and I'm going I'm going to get off now, and uh, and and again, Logan Paul is appealing to the same jackasses that watch like uh, PewDiePie, and you know that dude's the most successful guy on YouTube. So, and Logan Paul I know is also massively successful on YouTube, and he does controversial things. 
which, you know, any, any provocateur is going to find success if they can find an audience (laughs) in many ways. So again, so we, so we are not who they're chasing, Michael. We just want good wrestling matches. And as long as they provide that, we really don't care about any of the other ancillary bullshit. It's not like bad bunnies wrestling in the main event of WrestleMania. You know, it's not, it's it's not, it's not like they would ever get a non wrestler to come in and wrestle in the main event of their biggest show of the year. (laughs) I can't ever see WWE doing anything of that sort. To chase to chase buys, <laughs> right? Oh Jesus Christ! They've never uh, done it before. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's there's never been an instance, uh, and and Bam Bam Bigelow has never existed. Who? <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally the first WrestleMania had a non wrestler in the main event. That's, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> literally literally the very first one. They're just like, we're just throwing this shit out the window. Oh and shit. that and that main event was full like that whole card was full of mid-80s clout chasing. Are you serious? They had Cindy Lauper, they had Liberace, they had Billy Martin, which was a very New York centric pick, but still Billy Martin was there. <laughs> yeah, Wrest- WrestleMania is the celebrity event for sure. No one yeah, should be surprised. Like I like I get it, but at the same time, like Fuck Muhammad Ali was it? Goddamn WrestleMania one. Right, I get it. I really do. I really do. Yeah. But uh, you know, at the time, like it was Mr. T, yo. Like, I, I don't know. But don't again, know. who? But again, who Mr. T was to that generation is who Bad Bunny is now. Bad I suppose. Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, don't get old, kids. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a bitch. It's a bitch. <laughs> And again, uh, credit credit to him. He at least seems to really give a shit about you know what he's doing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not terribly upset with it. And they sure did keep him around for a very very long time. Yeah, but uh, he's into it. He's into it, and he respects the bit. Like as long as as long as your celebrity is like a fan, mm-hmm. um, you know, and not just there for a pay. It's not William Shatner. Uh, like, isn't he getting inducted into the hall? Yeah, of which why? Like, Come like on, I don't even. I, I couldn't even tell you what William Shatner did in the WWE. I'm sure he did something, and it was probably on some random ass that he probably like hosted Monday Night Raw twice or the something. The only thing that I know he did was induct Jerry Lawler into the Hall of Fame. There you go. So yeah, so like, uh, like, like that's that's the thing they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel on is, is, <laughs> right. is, is, is like, the hall is the is the celebrity. Hall of Fame inductees. Like, there's so many other celebrities in WWE uh, lore that you like, like, you know, fucking Stephen Amell. We're Stephen, we're Stephen Amell in, in the in the WWE Hall of Fame. That dude had arguably the uh, the now the second best wrestling match ever put on by a non wrestler. <laughs> he's uh, he's, too, he's he's friends with the enemy. Yeah, it's true. But, uh, can't can't he? Nope, can't do it now. That's he's true. With the enemy. Yeah. Oh man. So. Uh, Screenlooker asks, uh, what Mass Effect improvement will be the worst received, and why will it not be the fact that Mako wasn't just sent to die? Like I said, they made they made Mako improvements. Um, the worst received improvement is going to be the fact that the that they're making the extended cut 
version of the ending, the canonical ending for Mass Effect 3. Not because it's not what they shouldn't do, because they absolutely should, because it's a way more fleshed out ending than we originally got. But you're going to have these, like, nerd fanboy purists. They're just like, that's not the real Mass Effect 3 ending, and and get fucking high on their horse and, and upset at the fact that they, you know, are forced to endure this downloadable content ending at the end of the game. <laughs> I also think the leveling system in one... Uh, is going to be uh, so. So they're changing the level leveling system so that you gain XP faster, and then you don't have to play the game twice uh, to oh, get so max level. Yeah, get to sixty in one run. It's it's possible to not automatic, but it's possible to. Okay, is 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 how they're making it sound. I mean, so. I get it, right? Because they want you to play the other games, all right? Three games. Yeah. So they're, they're doing they're it. doing some interesting stuff too. They talked about how like some of the trophies, um they're doing series wide trophies in this game. Like they're going to have trophies that cover, like it's not just kill, you know, 500 enemies in one game. It's kill 500 enemies, you know, across the entire playthrough of your, mm-hmm. of your save file, things of that sort. That could be really interesting. Are um, they doing, are they doing three platinums or are it, will it be one platinum? That's, that's a great question. Uh, if I had to guess, because of how, so apparently the games are using a, uni, a unified launcher, um, so that there's like universal settings that you can just, like you can just set your you know audio settings for one game and it it sets it for all three. Um, so I would assume it's gonna be one set of trophies, probably just a lot of them <laughs> in terms yeah, of in, yeah, in terms of in terms uh, of. I'm that. gonna try platinum this thing, man. See uh, the I'm only the only platinum. thing the only thing that is gonna get me. Is is playing it on? I, I'm sure that that the trophy is still going to exist to beat the series on Insanity, and I just don't know if I want to if I want to do that. Yeah, it's the, the it's, only it's, time especially I did it was especially one of a new game plus, especially one because one it, unless they really tone down the ability for Mass Effect One to just be unfair at times, <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be terrible. Um. Casa asks, what is your most despised obstacle to progress in a game that's still stuck in your craw, be it a level, a puzzle, a specific boss? Uh, they bring up the uh, Jet Force Gemini for N64 required you to rescue all the Ewok proxies in the game from hostage situations before fighting the final boss. Um, anything that... Um I, I, I like open world games and I like, you know, uh, action adventure games uh, set in big worlds. Um, but usually there is one or two missions where the game is trying to be cute and and really immersive. Uh, Rockstar uh, does this a lot, especially with the, with the Red Dead games, mm-hmm. where there are missions that's just tedium. That's just me at a job. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, in in both Red Dead games, there's like one or two, uh, there's, a, there's a series of missions where you're just like a farmhand. And they're doing it because they're telling a story and they want, you know, they, they want you to develop a relationship with this character. The problem is um, it's either right in the beginning, which you know could makes the beginning slow mm-hmm. or it's it, it affects the pacing no matter where you stick it and and their menial job like i hate it like as much as i like shenmue that first shenmue game 
uh, when you had to get a job moving boxes, like, nah, man, like this sucks. Like I, I, I did not like, I'm trying to find the guy who killed my dad. I don't want to, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to fuel my, my, my gumball machine habit by going and, and moving boxes on a forklift for, for an hour. My big one is an older problem that has pretty much do- doesn't exist very much anymore. Um, but it used to be something the JRPGs would do all the time where you could progress through the regular parts of the game at a pretty regular clip and then either close to the end or like right before or or like when you get to the final dungeon essentially it it hits a massive difficulty spike to the point where you then have to go grind essentially in order to have a prayer of making it through the rest of the game which stinks because it 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 really fucks up your pacing um because a lot of a lot of old school JRPGs were actually paced reasonably well uh, in terms of how they told their story. Uh, but then, like I said, then they threw a wall in your face right when you were at the apex uh, of the game and forced you to go do, like Micah alluded to, a lot of menial fucking tasks that you didn't really want to do because you just wanted to finish the story. Right. Um, it, it, that's gotten a lot better. Uh, I think the influence of Western RPGs has helped because uh, Western RPGs follow more of a progressive difficulty system uh, that levels relative to your level instead of having like a fixed level uh, that the enemies are uh, when you go to fight them. Um, but yeah, it, it, especially in the NES and Super Nintendo era, almost every JRPG uh, did not pace itself well at the end of the game. The best, the, the game that did it the best undoubtedly uh, was Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger was a fantastically paced game in terms of how powerful you got. And you never and you never felt like you were. It, there are very few occasions in the game where you felt like that you couldn't, you know, progress in the story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, Haitian Michael asks, finding it hard to play any of the games in my backlog because none of them are short games, and I'm doing nothing but playing Mass Effect when it comes out. Do you have moments like these where you just can't decide if you should start a new game or not when waiting on one? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I was flipping through game pass today mm. and I almost started up a dragon age origins play. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I've, I've played this game, uh, like six or seven times, uh, front to back. What, I, what am I doing? This is, this like, is exactly why I, I instead, you know, I was like, oh man, this giant game of outriders or. You know, this 40-hour RPG of Disco Elysium. That's why I kind of slid over to Ratchet and Clank. There is something to be said. And it's a bit of a lost art in this day and age. But there really is something to be said uh, for the, you know, 10 to 15-hour action game. Uh, Because it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's fun, usually, as all all get out. You know, you get in, you get out. you You know what you're looking forward to. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't just drag on tediously. Um, more games could benefit from the less is more practice, but every game out there is too focused on delivering, you know, a forty-hour experience or you know an yeah. epic, an epic experience all the time. And and a lot of that is our fault, right? Like, yeah, because we equate length with quality mm-hmm. um, or value. You know, like, oh, if I'm paying $60, I better be able to play this game for 150 hours. Well, 150 hours is a long time. It is. It is. 
and and like, and, to tell and one story. And most of what you're playing in that 150 hours, like a third of it might be. You're lucky if a third of it is impactful content. Um, right. The other two thirds of it are usually menial side quests or traversing. Right. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's like I like I you know I said it. I mentioned it a couple times in the show. I really enjoyed uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla when I played it. Um, I beat the game. I finished a fair amount of the content, didn't 100% it. But I put in 72 hours into that game and realistically, like, was enthralled by maybe 25 of them at the end of the day. Like, like, like if you really boil it down to the stuff that was exciting and really fun and, you know, or told the best parts of the story, you could probably boil that game down into a nice 25 to 30 hour chunk that just has a lot of fluff around it. And that's literally less than half of the time I spent in that game. And I and and the game has enough content unexplored for me that I could easily spend another thirty hours into it if I really wanted to. Yeah, so that was the same way with me with uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Like I I I've eventually finished that game, but I took like a three month break <laughs> because it was it was just way too much to do. And the way that I usually play games. It's like, oh, well, I got to finish this area before I move, you know, and you just you just can't with that game. You'll yeah. be there forever. Well, and but, but at the same time, you also have to do that in the Assassin's, in the new Assassin's Creed games because a lot of the yeah, later game they, areas are like level gated that you have to yeah. grind out some content in order to in order to get there. That's that's how it wasn't in, in uh in uh Odyssey as well as that uh, or not Odyssey but Valhalla as well is that uh, you know the the last area in the main story was like you'd be level power level 280 and to be power level 280 you had to do at least a, f- a decent amount of the side content so yeah. to get to that point uh Johnny asks does your soul feel cleaner knowing that you don't give Vince McMahon 10 bucks a month anymore uh no cuz now I'm just giving it to NBC Universal who owns Comcast. So really <laughs> really yeah, it's you know it another, I'm giving it to a bigger conglomerate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's really six in one hand half dozen in the other. Like if anything I feel a little bit worse. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, at least uh at least this was kind of like the WWE network was kind of like for us. You yeah. know, not by us but for us made by them specifically now it's just now it's just a tab on a bigger so it's, it's a it's that, a cog it's a cog in the machine essentially yeah so. <laughs> so uh you know and and i mean i don't have a problem with them censoring the content you know like I, uh, what's up my nigga like i don't need that <laughs> yeah don't some, need it. some people are really upset I'm, and, and meanwhile i ask myself like do you really need Roddy Piper, do you really need to see Roddy Piper in 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 half blackface? Right. Like, in, is that in, is that two face blackface? Right, is like, that necessary? Like, 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 is is it really gonna it's gonna impact uh, history to not you know see a really shitty angle that they decided to run? Like, and I look, I'm sorry, that is a white man thing to do, you know. Like, oh well, you know, we're we're we're, we're brothers, you know, we're black and white, it doesn't matter. Like, no, no, yo, no. If you're gonna go blackface, yo, like, like, don't don't make it literally black. I I just I don't know. I don't know. Censor it. I don't care. Censor it. I, I'm I'm, I'm surprised that Bad News Brown didn't literally try to like kill him. Yeah, Bad News Brown was not the type of guy to to take to take any bullshit. So also, if you're upset that they're censoring uh, Vince McMahon saying the N word, you're a racist. <laughs> you are. Fuck you. You're racist. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck out of here. You're as racist as he is. Get the hell out of here. Holy shit. <laughs> Finally, Macho Franchise asks, uh, outsiders, more like, eh, riders. Also, are you ready for Hulk Hogan's House of Sism? I mean, WrestleMania. <laughs> you know who this is. This is uh, this is Malcolm. Oh, okay. And, That's uh, not surprising then. No, it's not surprising at all. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't understand why he's there. I mean, I, I you know logically I understand, right? It's a payday, uh, and he's right there. You know what? I know why he's there. Fucking boomers. That's why he's there, Micah. The fucking <laughs> boomers want to see Hulk Hogan on the, on their on their TVs as much as possible. I uh, I'm just <clears throat> I'm so tired of his shtick. Yeah, that um, I want him to just. Uh, I want him to just be Terry Belay at this point. I just want and, him to to go away. Like 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 I, yeah. I really do. Yeah, I mean, like like we, like in all honesty, like just go away, Hulk Hogan. If we're going to be subjected to him, uh, I would rather he, you know, just just be a dude, not you know the say your prayers and eat your vitamins guy. But yeah, you're right. Like just go away. Like of all the like like of all the people of that generation, man. Mm. Of all the people, he's outlasted. Like I need Ric Flair to outlive Hulk Hogan. I need him to do it, and I don't think he will. I, it, it it would be impossible, wouldn't it? Ric Flair seventy two years old, going on like a hundred and six. Like like, <laughs> like 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 that like that dude that that dude rode rode the road hard. Uh, over over the years, <laughs> you're right though. Like I said, of all of all the guys from that generation, it figures that Hulk Hogan is the one to to right. to, uh, out, to outlast right. all of them. God damn it! In terms and just just in terms of existing on this mortal coil, <laughs> fucking a man. So, well, that's it for this week. Thank you guys uh, for a very robust edition of the Dense Pixels Post Office. Uh, yeah, pr- prepare yourself for. Uh, whatever WrestleMania content we have coming out to you next week. Mike, are you prepared for the next five days of prof- – well, technically six days, seven days. Are you prepared for seven consecutive days of professional wrestling? I never am. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see. Now, what do you think about the, the two-day format? Do you think they'll, they'll keep this? Yes. Uh, uh, yes. There, there's 100%. Are you kidding me to not be able to I hit that so. gate twice? In, in, in that weekend, are you fucking out of your mind? Yes, they they will absolutely take. I didn't keep, even think about it. No, yeah, yeah for sure. Like like once once they realized it worked, and once people were like, "Man, I'd much rather endure two nights of three hour wrestling than one night of six hour wrestling." Like it was a done deal. They're uh, like, "Oh, we like can make two, people more like two nights of four hour wrestling versus one night of eight and a half." No, no. La- last year it was legit, like three hours and done on each night. Like they like uh, they really they they've been doing a very good job of sticking to. Three hours or less for their for their pay per views, yeah, uh, which yeah. I which I really appreciate because it was getting <laughs> ridiculous for a while. And I'm sorry, like when Money in the Bank is four and a half hours, calm down. Like money, <laughs> money, Money in the Bank does not need to fucking be four and a half hours long. Not every fucking guy needs to be on the card. Jesus Christ! But no, seriously, uh, seven days of professional wrestling because you have the two nights of Takeover the next two nights. You have SmackDown, which for all intents and purposes this year is the WrestleMania pre-show because they're putting the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on it, and the tag t- and and the SmackDown tag titles are being fought for on SmackDown. Uh, the two nights of WrestleMania, then the Raw after WrestleMania, and then NXT is moving to Tuesdays, oh, starting yeah, next week. Right. So, so, so you got so you have the the uh, the the Takeover Fallout 
uh, from NXT. Goodness gracious. Like I said, it is a nonstop uh, week of wrestling. Uh, and I don't see how I'm going to be able to keep up with all that because that's too much wrestling. Yeah, that's uh, I can't do wrestling. I can barely do wrestling three days a week. Yeah. I barely did it two days a week, if I'm being honest with you. But three days a week is a bit of a stretch. Uh, I'm going to have to pick and choose. And two Hall of Fames, dude. They're, they're doing an hour and a half for each year for the Hall of Fame. Huh. So they're doing a 2020 block and they're doing a 2021 block. Oh, that's right, because they, they missed it Yeah, uh, last time. I got to look and see who else is in the Hall of Fame besides fucking William, goddamn, besides the Mike Slocum uh, pitch man. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a decent year because, I mean, last year, the ones they missed, like you missed Batista, you missed the NWO, um, and and some other folks as well. And then this year, uh, now, now I'm drawing blanks about who's um, getting in. So Kane. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Bischoff, the great Kali. Yeah. Um the Bellas. Uh I saw they I saw they did uh one of the one of the site show pictures of, of them mm-hmm. um their Hall of Fame rings. Uh okay. All right. Gotta tell you, Bell Bellas, uh if you told me they'd be Hall of Famers at the beginning of their career, would not have believed you. N- nope. Not at all. Came came a long <laughs> came a long way in the in, in that ten year journey. They did. <laughs> not quite the uh not quite they don't I think have quite the respect that uh Trish Stratus had. No. Her journey was you know, her journey was like I'm a pretty lady to like I'm one of the greatest women's champions of all time. <laughs> uh and I can't quite say that about the Bellas, but pretty impressive. Uh, don't let, don't, don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't sleep your way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being a dick. I don't mean it. Oh, rude, rude ass. Rude ass. <laughs> so, uh, make sure you go to densepixels.com slash fans. The Facebook group is only going to be up for about another week or so, guys. So, uh, get it in there while you can to get over the discord. And then like I said, we'll put the discord link up. Uh, so you guys can check that out directly. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and those fine haberdasheries. Uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash dense pixels and follow us on Twitch. I'm dense pixels, Brad, uh, Terrence Zapparition 410 and Carrie is up. It's Carrie. Uh, that's it for this week. Hopefully the video game gods grace us with a light news week. Uh, so we don't necessarily need to do a two hour show, but like I said, there's gonna be a lot of wrestling to talk about. So until then, take it easy. See ya.